What up, Reds country? This is your host, your Ben Shackey with a beer, your cheap seat crony. My name is Jeff Carr. I appreciate you tuning in here to this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you love all things Cincinnati Reds, well, you're in the right place because it's January and you're listening to a podcast about baseball. You must be excited. And I am too. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and also check us out on the website at LockedOnReds.com. Today I want to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about Dallas Keuchel. No, they haven't signed him yet. I really can't wait for that, but they haven't quite signed him. The good news is there is some positive developments concerning the Reds in the Dallas Keuchel area. I'll touch on that, and then I have an idea that I want to hit on later in the podcast. So like I said, Dallas Keuchel, I was reading an update from John Morosi. Actually, it was a video. You don't read a video, you watch a video. I watched a video of John Morosi talking about Dallas Keuchel and the market for the ace pitcher from the Astros. He said that it's really down to two teams, that pretty much everybody is kind of a little bit on the outskirts of this free agent bidding race. And the two finalists are the Philadelphia Phillies and the Cincinnati Reds. Now that's super encouraging if you're a Reds fan. We're talking about a top flight pitcher. Fangraphs rated him as their number four free agent of this year. Now he's slated to make a little bit of money, but... Dick Williams and Nick Crawl said that they were ready to spend some money, and even Bob Gasolini said that they were ready to go out and get the pitching. And when you talk about hashtag get the pitching, Dallas Keuchel is just that. In fact, he fits in quite well with the pitcher that they got from the Dodgers and Alex Wood. Wood is a left-handed pitcher who favors ground balls and also does not like to give up home runs. Dallas Keuchel ironically, is the exact same way. He's a left-handed pitcher, much more favoring the ground balls than he does the fly balls, and in his career, he has a less than one homers allowed per nine. So I was pretty excited whenever I saw Alex Wood's number was like .8, and Dallas Keuchel's is pretty much exactly the same. I think it's like .77 or something. So that's encouraging there, and obviously he won a Cy Young a few years back. He Didn't win a Cy Young last year. Last year was a little bit of a down year for him. However, he still finished the year with a sub-4 ERA and a sub-4 FIP, which is something that nobody on the Reds staff could say. So he would be the ace of the Reds. Right now, the rotation is pretty okay. You add Dallas Keuchel to that mix, and the rotation becomes pretty decent. I'm not going to say it's a good rotation, but we're talking about far and away better than it was last year or the year before that. And that is really encouraging to see, especially with the offense that the Reds are going to be able to put on the field. They're going to be able to score runs for these pitchers, so they don't need them to be a Roger Clemens or something like that with a sub-2 ERA this year. They just need them to be serviceable, and serviceable at 3.5 ERA to 4 ERA. It's not out of the realm of possibility to say that that is the kind of uh, formula for a playoff team. Now, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves with that P word. We just want to see him not have a losing season. And I get that. But Dallas Keuchel makes them a stronger team. And I'm going to tell you why. 
as a 31-year-old left-handed pitcher, Dallas Keuchel has averaged around 190 innings pitched over the last five seasons, and he's right at 29 starts on average over those last five seasons as well. So that's going to put them in a very nice durability spot. You know, it's hard to predict injury, but he seems like a pretty stable pitcher when it comes to that area. So that will be a nice um, key stable rotation piece at the top. He's probably looking at making right somewhere in between 20 and $21 million a year. Last reports that I heard is he's looking for somewhere in the range of a four, five, even a six-year contract. If they can get him for four years or five years, then I'd be okay with that. Five years is stretching it. Four years is preferable. But, I mean, you know, I'd get him for five years so that these next two or three, he's really strong. And honestly, the money, as far as that's concerned, the Reds' um, reports are, you know, they said they were going to spend more. Reports are the, you know, more, quote-unquote more, was going to be around $50 million in payroll more. So that falls right within that range that people are reporting. The nice thing is, uh, according to fan graphs, they project his 2019 to be somewhere around 193 innings pitched, right around a 3.69 ERA. Like I said, he's not going to be, you know, blowing anybody away with that ERA number, but he is going to be absolutely fine at the top of the Reds rotation. And his, his strikeout percentage is you know, projected to be a little bit low, and that's a product of the last couple of years it's been kind of low. In fact, last year he averaged right around six strikeouts per nine, which that number is not scaring any hitters out there. And his walks per nine was just a little bit up over two. So he really does pitch to a lot of contact, draws a lot of ground balls, like I said. In fact, projections have him at 57% of um, contact allowed turns into a ground ball. That's what they're saying is going to happen. Now, the big thing with Dallas Keuchel is going to be what do the Phillies do as far as Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? Because the Phillies have been in those sweepstakes this entire offseason. They've been bidding for those big players. And the belief is if they land one of them, then the likelihood of the Reds getting Dallas Keuchel increases dramatically. But as it is, the Phillies have a ton of money that they're ready to spend. And if they don't get Harper, if they don't get Machado, they're just going to be able to just throw money at Dallas Keuchel and pretty much outbid whatever the Reds can come up with. So honestly, I'm rooting for Harper or Machado to go to Philadelphia. It's a, that wouldn't bother me one bit because that means we get Keiko. And just imagine for a second, it's March 28th. The Reds are being announced against the Pirates on opening day, and Dallas Keuchel, with his majestic beard, steps out onto the mound. I mean, are you not going to stand and cheer for that? I mean, you know, you'd typically stand and cheer for the opening day starter, no matter who it is. But when it comes to Dallas Keuchel, you're going to be standing and just yelling. You're going to be so happy. I would be surprised if you didn't. When you're talking about the opening day starters that the Reds have had over the last couple of years, in 2017 with Scott Feldman, which 
was a pretty unimpressive performance. In fact, they ended up losing that game. And then last year it was Homer Bailey, which was another loss for the Reds on opening day. I think you put Dallas Keuchel out on the mound, you got a real shot to win opening day. You get a real shot to win just about every fifth day whenever he gets up there on the rubber and starts pitching for you. So that's a guy that I really want the Reds to get, and I really am encouraged by the news from John Morosi and others talking about the Reds being one of two finalists for Dallas Keuchel. We're going to take a quick break for a few ads here on the Locked On Reds podcast, but after we come back, I'm going to tell you about an idea that is sweeping Major League Baseball, and I think the Reds could get in on this, and I got a few uh, thoughts as to how. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. We are into episode 7 of my tenure as the host of the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, what's up? My name's Jeff Carr. Just a quick plug, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr, at J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. Yeah, I got three F's in there. Somebody already took Jeff Carr with two F's, so had to add that third one. But um, you can follow me there on Twitter. You can also check me out on Instagram. My handle there is backwards, at Car Jeff. Still with three Fs, though, because, again, someone took the two Fs. Just jerks. But anyway, check me out on social media. That way I tend to post quite a bit more on Twitter than I do on Instagram, but I also try to jump on the Insta every so often. But anyway, here in the second half, I have an idea that I want to present uh, the Reds could possibly use this season. Now, there, there was talk that maybe the Reds could employ the opener philosophy as their fifth man in the rotation every fifth day they have what's called an opener come out and it's kind of like a bullpen day something that the Tampa Bay Rays really kind of pioneered with their closer Sergio Romo Tampa Bay would have him come out in the first inning and that would kind of throw off the other team's expected matchups when it comes to the lineup and it's a good way to really get the other team off guard in a case where maybe you don't have a rotation that has enough studs in it that you're really confident in five guys getting out there and getting the job done. Now with that being said a quick kind of uh uh, caveat to this idea, I believe that once the Reds add another pitcher, you know, fingers crossed that it is Dallas Keuchel, they'll have five good pitchers. In fact, they might even have six. So this isn't a necessary strategy in order to get through the season, but it's something that they could do maybe on a sixth or a seventh day to maybe kind of reset the rotation, maybe give the guys an extra day of rest, keep them healthy that way. And in this case, you really want to hit on, like I said, the strategy of throwing the other lineup off. So you kind of want to throw different pitchers in there, but you also want to keep guys in there for just one turn through the lineup. Now, I know that there's a lot of uh, old-school baseball fans that are just like, well, what about this and that? What about six innings? What about longevity and all this other stuff? But i mean, I got to tell you, the, the way that the game has moved, I don't know if you've seen a lot of stats lately, but complete games are a thing of the past. The, the, the leader in complete games last year, I think only threw one or two you know, without looking at it. So it's not something that is very common. In fact, it's super rare. It's pretty much almost as rare as a no-hitter or a perfect game at this point, especially complete game shutouts. But, you know, whatever, getting off topic there. 
The point is the opener philosophy employs a bullpen day that gives your rotation a little bit of a rest. And I think in my philosophy, if I were David Bell and if I were um, Derek Johnson and trying to employ this idea, I don't know that I would look at using my closer and Rysel Iglesias like the Rays did with Sergio Romo. Granted, I understand the meaning behind that, but I don't think I want to limit my best reliever or, you know, even looking at Jared Hughes or David Hernandez, I don't want to put them in a situation where I'm asking them to pitch more than an inning and that's before they even get out there. I I want to kind of use somebody who's more of a long relief role. In fact, I think the Reds have a few guys who are perfect for it, two guys who I think are perfect, and then one guy who um, I think they could add into the mix, but I, I, not, I wouldn't necessarily want to see him in there by default. The three guys are Sal Romano, Cody Reed, and then the third guy kind of to throw into the mix maybe would be Michael Lorenzen. Now, Michael Lorenzen is an obvious choice. He was a starter and is a reliever now, and he's done pretty decent at both. He's been a better reliever than a starter, but that's neither here nor there. And Sal Romano has done both as well. But when I looked at the statistics for Sal Romano and for Cody Reed, their numbers the first and even the second time through the lineup were a lot better than the longer they got into the game, which is obvious for a young pitcher. Longevity is not something that they come out of the minor leagues with. It's something that they gain, something that they earn through years of pitching. Given the state of the rotation and the fact that a guy like Sal and a guy like Cody Reed was given plenty of chances last year to really cement their status as a starter, and they just kind of didn't really prove that they can do that, I think an opener role would be perfect for them because you're looking at two, maybe three innings at most. If they're just on fire and they're getting everybody out, three up, three down, I'm still I'm still saying even if you go three up, three down, one time through the rotation. I know this is kind of a wonky idea, but it was something that I was thinking about and the way that the Reds could adapt a bullpen day idea. You get two to three innings, most most likely two innings from Sal Romano. Then you bring in Cody Reed. He pitches two innings, maybe three innings, and you've already eaten up half the game. So at that point, then you can take a look at maybe putting in Michael Lorenzen or starting your your bullpen rotation to finish off the game. Now I know that on the surface this doesn't seem like the best idea, saying, "Hey, we're just pitching our bullpen today. We're resting our starters." But think of the plethora of injuries that starting pitchers go through and how detrimental it is when teams lose their best starters. I mean, that's a huge factor in how their season plays out. With this sort of an idea, if you do it on like every, you know, once a week, maybe even once every other week, it's a great way to limit the amount of damage done to a pitcher's arm throughout the year. And I think it could be a successful idea for the Reds to employ, um, you know, in this age of, you know, trying to figure out how to best employ your pitching assets. And I think Derek Johnson and David Bell are the kind of guys that have the out-of-the-box thinking. You know, I don't want to put too many attributes to them just yet without having seen them actually manage a game, but I feel like through their interviews they have the sort of -of out-of-the-box thinking mentality that they could employ an idea like this. And, you know, I wouldn't mind to see it a couple of times this year.
With that being said, we've come to the end of today's podcast. Uh, Really appreciate you downloading and listening. Like I said, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And check us out at LockdownReds.com. Look me up at Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. Be happy to talk baseball with you on the Twitter whenever and wherever. And also, make sure to look out for tomorrow's episode. It's Throwback Thursday, so I'll have a little bit of a Reds history lesson for you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Locked On Reds podcast.